uh, a grand father had worked there and who actually, I think my father was actually, um, just introduce myself. My name's Karis and um, I am part of the Building Forth group, but you probably um, might not know me because um, firstly, I'm UK bound. So I live in the UK, not the US. So it's quite hard for me to join on the Tuesday calls. Um, but I do like to um, sort of watch, observe and um, listen to uh, some of the playbacks of the topics that are being discussed. Um, and, you know, I will dip in and out of the um, Slack group discussions as well. Um, so although I'm sort of on the periphery, it, it is something that um, I really value. Um, and Doug asked me, because I've been talking to Doug a little bit um, about the you know, campaign that I've been part of and in fact that I'm running at the moment that's sort of very local to me and there's some interesting stories that I've kind of uncovered and um, and le lessons for me as well through running this campaign that um, speak a little bit to wider issues that are going on and maybe also tapping into a little bit of um, law of one topics too. Um, so he asked me if I'd just do a little short kind of uh, story, really, about about what I'm doing. Um, so that's that's what I'm going to do. Um, so I am running uh, a campaign at the moment to save a local wildlife site from development. Um, it's literally on my doorstep. I walk out of my house, turn right, and then I'm in this beautiful space. Um, it's wonderful for lots of reasons, but partly because it used to be an old quarry um, they used to build brickworks on the site and they used to get the clay for the bricks from the quarry and um, and so it was kind of a, a bit of an industrial area really in many ways but there's also lots of woodland um, and it was kind of abandoned um, you know maybe about and um, I am part of the building forth group but probably um a bit of an industrial area really in many and you know i will um hello so um just introduce myself my name's karis and um i am part of the building forth group but you probably um might not know me because um firstly i'm uk bound so i live in the uk not the us so it's quite hard for me to join on the tuesday calls um but i do like to um sort of watch observe and um, listen to uh, some of the playbacks of the topics that are being discussed um, and you know I will dip in and out of the um, slack group discussions as well um, so although I'm sort of on the periphery it, it is something that um, I really value um, and Doug asked me because I've been talking to Doug a little bit um, about the you know, campaign that I've been part of and in fact that I'm running at the moment that's sort of very local to me. And there's some interesting stories that I've kind of uncovered and um, and le lessons for me as well through running this campaign that um, speak a little bit to wider issues that are going on and maybe also tapping into a little bit of um, law of one topics too. Um, so he asked me if I'd just do a little short kind of uh, story, really, about about what I'm doing. Um, so that's that's what I'm going to do. Um, so I am running uh, a campaign at the moment to save a local wildlife site from development. Um, it's literally on my doorstep. I walk out of my house, 
turn right and then I'm in this beautiful space. Um, it's wonderful for lots of reasons, but partly because it used to be an old quarry. Um, there used to be brickworks on the site and they used to get the clay for the bricks from the quarry. And, um, and so it was kind of a, a bit of an industrial area really in many ways, but there's also lots of woodland um, and it was kind of abandoned, um, you know, maybe about 50 years ago. Uh, and since then, nature's kind of taken over um, and it's been left. So it's, it's this kind of really unique space. We don't get them very often now where, um, you know, the, it, it's a bit wild and untamed. Uh, and it's just a fantastic place um, to explore with the kids. I take my kids there a lot and, you know, they scrabble up the quarry, uh, the, the quarry pits and, you know, the, the woodlands are all undulating, lots of hills. So, you know, again, there's lots of climbing and um, a bit of risk taking. And um, it's, it, it's, it's just this kind of quite unique space in that sense. There's no kind of um, sterile park there. It's like a park in itself, but, you know, without the official swings and slides. And that's what makes it quite special, really. But also it's um, a wildlife site. So we've got some, um, you know, protected species there, lots of rare plant species. Um, you know, all the surveys there are fantastic when you look through them because we've got 89 different species of bird and, you know, over 400 different types of invertebrate. And we've got these ponds with great crested newts in. And, you know, it's teeming with wildlife. Um, so, and I'm lucky that I have it on my doorstep. And unfortunately, they uh, the, there's a, a, a big uh, multi-billion pound uh, dollar company that uh, want to uh, build homes on it and a big road through it. And when I heard this, it, I literally, my heart sank and uh, I, I, it just upset me so much because it's, um, I, I know how much it's loved to buy so many people, um, what a special place it is. And um, I just felt called to do something about it. Lots of people were saying, we can't, you know, we can't let this happen, we can't let this happen. But we were all sort of, you know, crying into the wind, really. No one was kind of organising. Um, and, you know, it's not a natural space for me to be, like a leader, like to lead a campaign. I've never done it before. I kind of like to be part of the team, but not necessarily, you know, front foot. Um, but no one was stepping into that space. So I just thought, you know, I, I've got a little bit of time. I work part time. I've got two children. So I'm, I'm a busy life, but I thought, you know, I can do something here. And so it started off small.
I sent this to her. But I do like to use their calls, uh, Golden Fourth Group. But you probably, uh, my name's Karis. Um, hello. So um, just introduce myself. My name's Karis, and um, I am part of the Building Fourth Group. But you probably um, might not know me because, um, firstly, I'm UK bound. So I live in the UK, not the US. So it's quite hard for me to join on the Tuesday calls. Um, but I do like to um, sort of watch, observe, and um, listen to uh, some of the playbacks of the topics that are being discussed. Um, and, you know, I will dip in and out of the um, Slack group discussions as well. Um, so although I'm sort of on the periphery, it, it is something that um, I really value. Um, and Doug asked me, because I've been talking to Doug a little bit um, about the you know, campaign that I've been part of and in fact that I'm running at the moment that's sort of very local to me and there's some interesting stories that I've kind of uncovered and um, and le lessons for me as well through running this campaign that um, speak a little bit to wider issues that are going on and maybe also tapping into a little bit of um, law of one topics too. Um, so he asked me if I'd just do a little short kind of uh, story, really, about about what I'm doing. Um, so that's that's what I'm going to do. Um, so I am running uh, a campaign at the moment to save a local wildlife site from development. Um, it's literally on my doorstep. I walk out of my house, turn right, and then I'm in this beautiful space. Um, it's wonderful for lots of reasons, but partly because it used to be an old quarry um, there used to be brickworks on the site and they used to get the clay for the bricks from the quarry and um, and so it was kind of a, a bit of an industrial area really in many ways but there's also lots of woodland um, and it was kind of abandoned um, you know maybe about 50 years ago um, and since then nature's kind of taken over um, and it's been left so it's it's this kind of really unique space. We don't get them very often now where, um, you know, that it, it's a bit wild and untamed. Uh, and it's just a fantastic place um, to explore with the kids. I take my kids there a lot and, you know, they scrabble up the quarry, uh, the, the quarry pits. And, you know, the, the woodlands are all undulating, lots of hills. So, you know, again, there's lots of climbing and um, a bit of risk taking. And um, it's, it, it's, it's just this kind of quite unique space in that sense. There's no kind of um, sterile park there. It's like a park in itself, but, you know, without the official swings and slides. And that's what makes it quite special, really. But also it's um, a wildlife site. So we've got some, um, you know, protected species there, lots of rare plant species. Um, you know, all the surveys there are fantastic when you look through them because we've got 89 different species of bird and, you know, over 400 different types of invertebrate. And we've got these ponds with great crested newts in. And, you know, it's teeming with wildlife. Um, so, and I'm lucky that I have it on my doorstep. And unfortunately, they uh, the, there's a, a, a big uh, multi-billion pound uh, dollar company that uh, want to uh, build homes on it and a big road through it. 
And when I heard this, I literally, my heart sank and uh, I, I, it just upset me so much because it's, um, I, I know how much it's loved to buy so many people, um, what a special place it is. And um, I just felt called to do something about it. Lots of people were saying, we can't, you know, we can't let this happen, we can't let this happen. But we were all sort of, you know, crying into the wind, really. No one was kind of organising. Um, and, uh, you know, it's not a natural space for me to be, like a leader, like to lead a campaign. I've never done it before. I kind of like to be part of the team, but not necessarily, you know, front foot. Um, but no one was stepping into that space. So I just thought, you know, I, I've got a little bit of time. I work part time. I've got two children. So I'm, I'm a busy life, but I thought, you know, I can do something here. And so it started off small scale, just dropping a few leaflets around some people's doors to organise a meeting. But then quite a lot of people turned up to the meeting. And then from that meeting, we had another meeting and, you know, just one thing led to another. And then we kind of formed the basis of this campaign group, which is called Protect Quarry Farm, Quarry Farm Farm being the site. Um, and um, so that's been going on for a, about a year. Um, and the application is going to be determined in early September. So we've been... So they're going to make a decision on whether to, they're going to grant permission, planning permission to build there. And so we're all kind of you know, trying to build momentum, really, um, to uh, you know put lots of pressure on um, the council to kind of refuse this application. And I've partly done that through the head side of things, which has been, you know, we raised uh, £6,000 to, uh, to, to get lawyers involved, to fight our case and our argument. Um, and, uh, you know, I've been trying to engage lots of different like charities to kind of, um, you know, put their objections in and things like that. But the, the, the big part, the big side for me and the side that feels kind of, um, you know, the reason I'm doing this really is, is the heart angle of it. You know, it's kind of head and heart. And it's the heart angle of this campaign, which has really been um, something that I've just been so... Um, drawn into and, and and partly that is through the stories that i you know uncovered as a result of leading this campaign because you know you speak to so many different local people who tell you you know so many stories about how much that site means to them um you know through just having uh, you know real struggle during lockdown and the quarry was the place that that they would go to it was really good for their mental and physical well-being and without it they would have been really stuck but also lots of stories from older generations who you know used to work there you know their grandparents and you know their uncles and great uncles and they used to be the quarry workers and work in the pits and they would tell me stories about how they remember as children kind of exploring there and going and riding on the kind of railway carts and um you know uh sort of just exploring and roaming and um, having fun and you know it's it sort of just seemed to more and more just become this um this, this this site with so much meaning and so much value and so much local history um and it just feels felt like such a injustice that it was just going to be ripped out by a developer who doesn't have you know any connections to the local area and the people who are just seeing it as like a space that they can just have houses on and, and part of what i've been working towards is this book that uh, I'm collating along with um, a friend who's a photographer. Um, and it's a book, uh, uh, really, it's like a love letter to the quarry. And um, I've been gathering lots of amazing pictures and photos. It's mainly a picture book, but lots of pictures and photos um, from locals um, to go in this book. Um, 
but also you know exploring a little bit about the history of the site and um, some of the stories there and um, I I, I uncovered the story about the brickworks uh, there um, like I said it employed lots of um, uh, people within the town um, and um, you know Stamford now doesn't have very much industry at all it's kind of more like a commuter belt town now but it did used to have industry and and the brickworks was kind of like the beating heart of it and loads of families used to kind of have a connection to it and during the war like when the war broke out in um, 1939 uh, 41 of the brickworkers went out to the war um, and six of them didn't come back they lost their lives um, and to honour these 41 brick workers, they built this memorial uh, wall um, in the brickworks. And um, but then the brickworks closed down in the sort of like 80s for lots of different reasons. And when they brought in the kind of demolition crew, they just demolished all of the brickworks. But with it, they demolished this wall as well you know, with the dedication to the 41 brick workers. Um, and um, I found the story of this couple who whose who whose whose father and grandfather had worked there and who actually I think their father was actually one of the names in the brick in the wall. And they were devastated when they found out that the memorial had been just destroyed. And so for nine weeks they gathered um a load of volunteers and they scrabbled around in those rocks and um they found those 41 bricks. A lot of those bricks have been kind of broken, but they found the fragments of these bricks and they took these bricks back to their garage. And for about a decade, they had these bricks just in their garage until they raised enough money to be able to restore the memorial. And so in 2012, they had a rededication ceremony in our local cemetery, Stanford Cemetery, to those 41 brick workers. Um, and I found it that story so moving and beautiful. It kind of almost had me in tears, just the image of, um, I think, it, you know, I was talking to Doug, it was almost like the juxtaposition of, um, you know, this uh, demolition of the, the, the site for housing, which was essentially very profit driven, you know, how to cram as much housing as possible onto the site, you know, and developers looking at it just as a kind of profit making kind of exercise. Um, not caring that they were destroying something that was the beating heart of the town versus this couple who saw, you know, the, the heart of the community being destroyed and, and those voices being lost through this demolition. And so the, 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 the act of reclaiming these bricks, it felt really sort of significant and um, beautiful. Um, and so I, I felt actually kind of quite moved by it to the point that I, I had to write a poem and, you know, it's not the best poem in the world, um, but it, 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 you know, it's inspired by this, this almost this kind of juxtaposition of, of the two things I mentioned. So I thought I'd read it um, out. And like I said, you know, it, it's not the best poem in the world, but, you know, it, it sort of, it means something. So here we go. It's called um, 41 Bricks. And let me just find it. <laughs> Here we go. Um, so start. I hold tenderly in my heart the image of volunteers scrabbling away under smashed bricks and dust to restore the memory of those men sent to war, some never to return, 
who used their hands to dig wet clay from the belly of our beloved quarry, to fire into bricks to be used in the cogs of industry and design, preening themselves in the walls of Churchill College or sweating away in the kilns of the steelworks. These bricks speak of stories of a tight-knit community, once the beating heart of the town, where children rode on the railway buckets, sculpted clay engines to race down the pits, forage for blackberries at the side of the banks, search for newts in the dust-ridden ponds. Much of they in common with the children of today, who use the quarry as nature's playground, losing themselves in the dust and the dirt, unaware that they are playing in the same wild space of those men, women and children who toiled, worked and played in the Williamson Cliffs brickworks. So I hold so tenderly in my heart those volunteers who saw in that flattened site not the prospect of new housing, but the loss of community spirit. And piece by piece, bit by bit, they found those 41 bricks and restored the voice of a lost generation and with it the heart of community, threatened once again by another flattened site. This time not the bricks, but the playground itself. So that felt really inspired, that poem. I sort of sat down and, you know, I, I just, it sort of came through me. Um, but I wanted to kind of honour that, really, um, it, it, with this book. Um, so the book is the kind of heart of this campaign. Um, and I guess it, a couple of weeks ago, I, I posted something on the Slack group because I was struggling with um, the potential that this is going to fail which you know it's likely that we that despite the campaign and despite the injustice of kind of building on there that it's likely that they will still grant planning permission and you know right at the start lots of people have said you know don't bother doing it you know it's a multi-billion dollar company they'll get their way in the end you know like you're little and small and you know you're going to put lots of energy into this and it's not going to work so and obviously there are lots of people who said differently but there was those voices too and um, as, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I hit a bit of a kind of pit, really, with it. And I was just like, do I continue? I'm putting so much into this. I feel like I'm really carrying this along. Um, <coughs> do I continue when we're probably going to fail? Um, so that was the reason I put that um, uh, that question into the SAC group. And I was really grateful for a lot of the uh, the wisdom that came back in some of your your your, your posts and your responses. Um, and I particularly took from it, you know, this whole idea that, um, you know, it, it's kind of surrendering to the call of service and whether it success, seems successful or not, you know, this idea that it's not the kind of results, it's not the fruit of the action, but the action itself. Um, and actually underneath that, it's that kind of that, that love. That's what we're here to do. And and so uh, it all sort of pieced together a little bit in my, my mind and... Um, you know, it, it sort of helped me uh, carry on, really. And this this book that we're doing, which is a culmination of it all, feels like that. It feels like it's, um, it's um, you know, it, it's unlikely to, you know, when you put it to the council, it's, there are no material ob- considerations in there. They're not going to look at that book and think, oh, yes, right, OK, well, uh, now we're not going to build there. Um, but it, it, it's not about that. It's about... Um, it's about what this place means, the heart of our community, and also what it speaks to on a bigger scale in terms of, uh, you know, a lot of people feeling within our community. But I think this is true, like the micro, the macro, um, in lots of places, that there's just this sense of our communities that are being hollowed out um, and that, you know, 
um, it's just a very extractive kind of economy and we're, we're seeing that very much here you know nature doesn't really count for much it's a nice to have but it's not a must you know actually um, you know we, we we've got all sorts of issues with healthcare and with privatization of our healthcare services and economies of scale and you know it it, it very much feels that there's a profit motive there um, and like the actual spirit and heart of community is kind of being um, um, yeah hollowed out a bit and um, that's what that's what I wanted this book to be an antithesis to really I wanted it to show the opposite of that um, so that's a little bit of my story I appreciate that I've probably rambled and a lot there and uh, I'm not sure how uh, how interesting that story is to you but um, it's something that has um, I guess really become quite a central part of my life right now and I thought I'd share that with you um, given that I don't get to meet any of you very much online or anything so I thought I'd just share something of myself so I hope you found it interesting in some way thank you for listening bye And, you know, that's the stuff that I feed on. That's, that's just better than, this is as good as it gets. So, I'm really thankful for him. And this poem is called 41 Bricks. I hold tenderly in my heart the image of volunteers scrabbling away under smashed bricks and dust to restore the memory of those men sent to war, some never to return, who used their hands to dig wet clay from the belly of our beloved quarry, to fire into bricks to be used in the cogs of industry and design, preening themselves in the walls of Churchill College or sweating away in the kilns of the steelworks. These bricks speak of stories of a tightly knit community once the beating heart of the town where children rode on the railway buckets, sculpted clay engines to race down the pits, forests for blackberries at the side of the banks, searched for newts in the dust-ridden ponds. Much have they in common with the children of today, who use the quarry as nature's playground, losing themselves in the dust and the dirt, unaware that they are playing in the same wild space as those men, women and children who toiled, worked and played in the Williams and Cliffs brickworks. 
So I hold so tenderly in my heart those volunteers who saw in that flattened site not the prospect of new housing, but the loss of community spirit. And piece by piece, bit by bit, they found those 41 bricks and restored the voice of a lost generation and with it the heart of community, threatened once again by another flattened site, this time not the bricks, but the playground itself. The diggers are coming. Apparently, we need more houses. Rip through your lush green core. As always, the talk is of growth to keep us at prosperity's door. I hear the word sustainable being hijacked by those in the know to put on glossy brochures and wrap this project up in a bow. Promises of a country park with nature at its heart, a wildlife sanctuary we are sold to soften this poison dart. But I, like many, have walked through your fields and your woods with children scrambling up rocks and winter sledging with coats and hoods. I watch the fishermen relax by the ponds and the dog walkers smile at the views. I watch children jump over badger holes and families grateful for a space to amuse. I listen to the sound of birds, delight in the hunt for tadpoles and newts, teach my kids in the playground of nature, not a sterile park that is mute. These arbitrary house building targets have caused clever humans to do silly things like rip up a candidate wildlife site, raising a finger of hope to the wind. Have we in our culture of targets lost the things that really do count? Ceded power to vested interests, backed riders that will not dismount. Can we not imperfectly start to resist what is a done deal, to reclaim our collective voice? and protect the things we know to be real.